This is Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. The day after the Super Bowl, Monday, February 3rd. Why don't we touch on that real briefly, guys? Um, Tim, I know you had a rooting interest for the 49ers, and it sure looked good for for you and McGlinchey and Sheldon Day, but it all slipped away in the fourth quarter. I'd rather discuss the Camping World Bowl, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, uh, yeah, you know, it didn't come down to it. It shouldn't have come down to a missed throw, but once that, once he missed the deep bomb, Sanders, it was over. You can't, and, uh, you can't, can't get can't, those can't, back. No, can't get those back. And uh, the, the major concern I had was I, did, I thought it would be a close game and I didn't want the 49ers to be on offense or defense against the Chiefs in a close game because offensively, to drive down and win the game, you need Garoppolo to beat someone, and defensively you have to stop Patrick Mahomes. So it was bad in both instances. Not a good place to be. No, but it was a great place to be when it was 20-10 to 10 with seven minutes left, and if you pick up two first downs, then you don't have to be in a close game because you can just yeah, leave Ma- the clock. Mahomes was, great. Mahomes was great in the fourth quarter, as, yeah. as has, has been his habit uh, in his first two years in the league. And, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately I guess you could say the, the – the better team won if you're going to produce in the to that level in the fourth quarter, and 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 pretty much shut down the losing. Having team. the best player in the uh, league is an advantage when the teams are otherwise close. No doubt about it. Junior Day weekend this past weekend, uh, uh, a smaller crowd, uh, not a star-studded crowd, but Notre Dame did get a verbal commitment from Justin Walters, the safety from Bolingbrook High School out of Illinois. And uh, Bolingbrook has sent other players to Notre Dame. In the past, and, and I like him. He's a three-star guy. He's built like a free safety, hits like a strong safety. I like, uh, I like that he's uh, hits at 170, 175 and can grow into it at 6'2". It's like not, you know, there's there's room to grow, and he already likes hitting. So when you're bigger and stronger in, in a Bayless weight program and getting college teaching, the fact that you like to hit yeah. is an excelling point I, for me. I, I read some people say that, you know, he doesn't, there's no film of him breaking on the football it's more you know downhill um against the running game and I, and I get that but I but when I see him run around the field it he does not look like a guy that you have to play in a box and doesn't have mobility to play on the back end at I mean at all I think he's I think he's a pretty complete three-star safety all right Michigan was in on him Iowa um you know was not a elite Big Ten or a national prospect but I mean Notre Dame has shown that uh, I think particularly Midwest, if you can find a guy that is a higher-level three-star prospect, they're happy to take him, happy to develop him. And, and then the size. A lot, is, yeah. And a lot of times you end up with, you know, kind of a, you know, sometimes you get Julian Love out of it. Um, you know, that, I think Notre Dame's recruiting in sort of Chicagoland, Indiana, overall has proven to be pretty fruitful. Um, you know, even Michigan. Like, generally Midwest guys, who I think are three-star developmental types, Work out pretty well. So I, I would think that Justin Walters would be one of those guys. It's interesting when you think of Walters and if, if Henderson ends up playing safety. And, you know, we have miles to go on that. But the future of Notre Dame safeties, it's two-year plan. It's 2020 and 2021, Kyle Hamilton with the duo of Griffith and Pryor in some way. They, they're they going to rotate again. They, as long as Griffith and Pryor are good enough to rotate, they will rotate. Griffith and Pryor are gone after 2021. And for all intents and purposes, so is Kyle Hamilton. So you're looking at the future of Notre Dame safeties, what they have on campus, and what they're bringing in now. And Justin Walters also uh, academically projects towards Notre Dame completely. So, and to me, that Terry Joseph pinpointed him, loved him, wanted him. Uh, and when Terry Joseph has that mindset, then I think that's good enough for, yeah. for should be good enough for all of us. We saw Blake Fisher over the weekend. He's larger than massive. <laughs> Uh, the picture with him standing next to Brian Kelly is is kind of humorous because he's every bit of he's listed three thirty six and I'm sure that's exactly what he is. Uh, John McNulty, we believe, is already on the job in some capacity as the offensive assistant. Exactly, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're presuming he's the tight ends coach, uh, but we don't know exactly how that all shake out. He was the offensive coordinator at Rutgers, which it's hard to judge a coordinator at. <laughs> Rutgers because of the talent that he has to work with or lack thereof. It's like a wide receiver at Northwestern last year. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it's hard uh, to yeah, and but he was he was in the NFL for two decades, um, and so his background. I really liked Clayton Adams. I, I, I thought that he was the guy for uh, the position, but McNulty certainly has 
um, you know, the resume that, that, that backs up the choice. Probably some good ideas that he could pitch into the game plan with uh, yes. Tommy Reese and Lance Taylor, which I think is important. Um, you know, the big question there is like, look, can this guy recruit or not? Um, I don't have an answer for that. Um, but ultimately, that's going to be a big part of like whether this hire is successful or not, the, the kind of talent that he can help the operation bring in. We expect Christian Parker to, I mean, I don't know what you're hearing on that, Pete, but I mean, we expect Christian Parker to be the guy on the defensive side of the ball at cornerback, with cornerbacks. I haven't heard anything to the contrary. It's the best I can describe there. It's like it was him and um, Durante Jones. Like, those were the two guys. Um, Durante Jones has a job. Christian Parker, this would be a promotion, so I think it will be Christian Parker. And Christian Parker was at Notre Dame a couple years ago as a defensive analyst. Well received by Mike Elko. Well received by Clark Lee. Uh, younger guy, just at the twenty nine thirty age. Uh, and Terry I, Joseph is in charge of the back end anyway. It's, yes, it's the night. It's yes. Christian Parker has to be able to recruit and uh, get the players play to get his younger players confident and play with technique. But Terry Joseph is there for most of that as well. Michael Mayer was moved up to five star. He should have been. He should have been. <laughs> I still don't care, but yes. <laughs> he, he didn't belong there anyway. So if I have to care about one thing, I care about that out of the stars. Well, and again, I think we said star. I think we said this last week. I mean, when in doubt, if a guy has the size and dimensions, not that there really should have been any doubt. Michael Mayer has played like a five star prospect for the the last year plus, so he was rewarded. I think we talked last week about Chris Tyree falling as long as he has a. Letter of intent signed to Notre Dame and is coming to Notre Dame. That's all that. That's all the that really three. matters. No, the four three he, is what matters. He, he, he remains fast. Is yeah. the key. Yes. Yeah, that exactly. is the key. Exactly. Pete, you spotted Javon McKinley in. Uh, I did some some love, Notre Dame workout. Not, video. To, not Chipotle, yeah. but yes. you saw him. At, uh, yeah, I love uh, looking at the photos Notre Dame puts out and be like, "Ooh, who's in there?" Um, mostly, it was to see uh, Bennett's Quranic. Because uh, he was also in that photo, but I was like, eh, I'm pretty sure that looks like uh, Micah Jones's elbow into Javon McKinley's face. Uh, sh- yeah, it was. So basically, the news there, if it's news at all, is Javon McKinley's going through winter workouts. Um, there's a hope from Javon McKinley that he returns for a fifth year. Nothing is like 100% done, done, done. But if all everything goes according to plan, he has a good spring, then he should be able to have a good fall too, um, and that would be at Notre Dame. I think uh, really no one, except for maybe Crawford, is going to get the official. Not that they ever turned, they would never turn down Tommy Kramer, Lee, and Eichenberg, but like the official. Or Ian Book. Or Ian Book. But the official <laughs> word doesn't usually come yet, right? So it's, I, I only bring this up because of McKinley. I think the faculty board has to approve it. Uh, I mean, they usually don't put on an announcement. I remember a Charlie right, Weiss spring point. practice yeah. where they had fifth years who weren't approved practicing in like funky numbers, and they weren't on the roster, which was totally ridiculous. Uh, Notre Dame has come mercifully a long way from that. PK likes to talk. He, he is so annoyed with having to pretend like they're not going to come back, like yeah. the book can't be back or something and because he has to be approved by the faculty board. But, no, I don't see why McKinley would have been reinstated by the university and then not allowed to come back by the university. Um, <laughs> but you spotting him at winter workouts is the first step to that. Him wanting to play was actually the first step, I think, that – might have changed over the last three months that he made his decision. He wanted to. Play yeah, I, mean, I think I think it's probably just a matter of look, don't screw up again, and we're going to. That's a good point. We're going yeah. to make. Yeah. We're going to let time pass to make sure that you don't. You have a mark on your record that the other guys don't have. Yeah. But so uh, your point's throw. taken as well that if you reinstate them, then. It wasn't a BK suspension. I mean, right. he had to turn do the one page. too, but it's not. It was a university thing. He missed no time, other than what the university imposed. Right. Yeah. It was. Last thing I want to talk about in this segment, um, and, I, and I did a, a story with Dan Shanko over the weekend from our lads about Notre Dame's prospects, and we basically just talked about the guys that were in the All-Star games. And the guys in the Senior Bowl all performed very well. I'm still a little bit astonished at how well Troy Pride played the ball um, all week. And, and I know you guys point out that, look, they had one of the top pass defenses in the country, so the, the back end of the defense is doing – obviously doing a lot correct. Uh, but he lost a lot of 50-50 balls, and he was winning those in, against better competition at the Senior Bowl. I just recall his week, I think we mentioned last week too, I recall his junior year, and especially November and the, even the bowl game of his junior year where he was really, really good. I mean, he was harder to complete a pass on in November 
than Julian Love. His, uh, he gave up one touchdown his junior year, and it was on the USC's last meaningful <laughs> offensive snap. Right. And so, it was a superhuman plastic man yes. jump to yeah, Tyler Vaughn. Like people, yeah, I, I, his junior year for some reason gets completely overlooked because he got beat regularly by Chase Claypool in practices, and then was just sort of okay during the year. They were they were painful ones, like a, the Georgia third down, the Georgia touchdown yeah. was something that it was a great throw, as he joked about it. He, he was able catch. to joke. He was like, I, I realize it's able. What do you? What have I learned about playing the boundary? People can make amazing th- back shoulder throws, but he kind of. Yeah, it was a nice. There's, there's, yeah. He was not as good as senior years as junior year, but that happens to a lot of football players too. It's like amazing that he wasn't as good when Julian Love wasn't on the other side. Shocking. We have a question in segment two about where we think the guys are going to the the draft eligible guys are going to go. So we'll we'll kind of save some of that. But so, you know, because Pride's a corner. I mean, there's a premium on corners, and so he was always. You know, third, fourth round, I think at the worst, just because it's a numbers game at cornerback. Dan Shanka now said that he thinks Pride's in the second round, which is it's still a numbers game. Though. Pretty, it is still a numbers There's game. There's still I mean, plenty I, of corners available that aren't famous Notre Dame corners but that are going to run right. He's yeah. in right. the top. He's in the top fifteen. He's he's in the top fifteen. Fifteen corners. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Ne- definitely no worse than twenty, but he has him. Dan has him. In the top fifteen, I think I think second round's a stretch, I, 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 but I think he's going to ultimately end up in the third round, fourth at the worst. So right? So many, so many corners and safeties you had never heard of in your life playing great in the NFL, including in the Super Bowl last night. I mean, like that is that position is replete with athletes yeah. that you can develop to, into very good NFL players. So that's but pride. Pride is one of them. It's just that I feel like that's a myopic view for us. Yeah, we say, we know his name. So man, third or fourth round, still it 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 comes down to he's going to run a sub yeah, four four sure and and Shanka said this and and uh, Greg Gabriel said it before him. It, every every scout's going to say, "What's he run? A four three two? We can make him a player." That's just sure. the way they look yes. at it. Yeah, probably the Senior Bowl helps him in that way. They're like, well, get a different you know sort of a different coaching voice in here, different, some maybe some new techniques, yeah. and look what happened. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I have the same doubts and the quizzical look that he, that yeah. you just showed me, Pete. But what? but it's just, it's just the nature. It's just the nature of the game. Now, Jalen Elliott, Jalen Elliott moved up too. Now I don't know how many rounds he moved up. Uh, Shanka said mid round, so that can be yeah, I fourth, he was in the fifth. Back of the draft and a good player. Yeah, and then but he showed himself. He said there were good tight ends at the Senior Bowl, and he he manned up on those guys and played really well. So that that showed him a lot. A lot will depend on what. Elliot is capable of running in the 40. Elliot is the one I think you have to focus on and say, well, go find the big plays last year. Well, how about the fact that they were fourth and fifth in the country and he was the guy quarterbacking everything yeah. in past defense? Yeah. I mean, it's that's where you have to have a deep understanding of what the secondary is doing on every play to understand how well Jalen Elliott is playing or not playing. And obviously, he was playing well or they would have given up more. Yeah, he helped make yeah. quarterbacks not throw right where they probably wanted to throw. No so that's doubt. like a non-play is a play made at that position. I think that's what Jalen Elliott did better than anything. He made quarterbacks not throw in his direction, when you're which the, is hard yeah. to evaluate. But when you're, when you're the free safety and you're not doing much, you're doing your job. The ball's not coming your no, way. It's, and it's, it's not, absolutely true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. Uh, Chase Claypool, you know, okay, here's an example. As productive as Claypool was, you know, it's still like third round just because it's an extremely deep, draft group a lot is going to depend on what his 40 is it's uh, because be if he does, I, I, be, I bet yeah. it's fair I bet it's very good but if it's if it's just about where they expect then they view him as a number two receiver and so number two receivers fall a little bit in the draft uh Chris Fink was hurt at the east west shrine uh he'll be in somebody's camp he's right. probably not right. going right. to get drafted Tony Jones Jr. I don't think is going to get drafted. Shanka thought he could right at the end. Um, so that's speaking of numbers game. Yeah, no, no, there's no <laughs> doubt. And then, and then Gilman, you know, he's still saying Gilman at the end of the end of the uh, draft. Gilman is the type of guy I would just take a chance on because of the football player I, aspect of him. I would be shocked right. with as savvy and productive as he has been that he goes undrafted. That'd but be silly. Coney wasn't drafted either. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> that's it, true. You know, that was, but. Gilman Farley, will run. Farley was not. Farley was not. Gilman will run a lot better than uh, no, at his was, position than Coney. Coney was an ultra uh, right. productive college linebacker, and so that was. Un- but we were shocked. We were all yeah, shocked. yeah. I mean, undersized height wise, I guess, but 
still a productive guy. All right, that's enough for segment one. We'll be back. Segment two, burning up the boards. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Segment two, burning up the boards of Irish Illustrated Insider. We start with a question from Wash ND. There's been a lot of talk about moving Jeremiah Usu Koromoa to Buck or finding a Buck out of Lamb, Jim Markeith, Leah Fowle, etc. But what about moving Drew White to Buck and giving Bo Bauer a shot at the mic in the spring? It, it would seem to be now or never situation for him at this point. And he certainly has the physicality part of the position in spades. No, thank you. Look, Drew White was really good last year at Mike. And Jeremiah Wusukormo was really good at Rover. So figure out who your new buck is and leave the guys who are really good at their old positions at the spots where they're really good. And maybe they'll be great. Stop, stop moving guys around on message boards. That's my theory in life, too. Um, I do get the notion and... Clark Lee tried a lot of things last year, basically every combination. However, he didn't have a player yet. So going to Pete's point, he has two now. I don't know if it'll be I, – I think we will see Bo Bauer getting a lot of reps in the spring at Mike sure. to, to prepare him. And Bo Bauer is one of the most enjoyable interviews of the year. Uh, came in at the end of the year of the Stanford game, and you know he was kind of celebrated for his special teams play while I was talking to him and everything and how much um, aggressiveness he plays with there. And he, then we got into – competition for the linebacker spot and he said I've lost out to some great players that are better in coverage than I am and it's something I have to work on every day so he's he's still working on it Clark Lee taught Tavon Coney to become a good coverage player Coney had more suddenness than Bauer side to side um I mean he's gonna get a look of course but it's also good to have Bo Bauer as a ready to go backup Mike what I mean like right? it's, it's now or never for Jordan Jen Marquis yeah. so like yeah, why would you start with that I, I don't the 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 no dis- dis- disrespect, Wash ND, but I mean the now or never stuff. That's not that doesn't matter. That's not in play. That that's from your perspective for wanting Bo Bauer, and I get right, that. Right, right. I think people I, really like Bauer because of what we saw in special teams. Right, but the, like what you said, Tim, about Owusu Koromoa not moving him from Rover. Same way with Drew White. You don't want to move him out of Mike. I, I mean, there's there's a specific reason why he's playing at Mike. They don't like him at Buck. He'll be even better this year at Mike too. Drew White with a year yeah. under his belt. I don't. I mean, I, I get, I get it, and it's frustrating because when you see Bauer in there, past that Wake Forest game, which stuck in my craw as freshman year when he missed every, yeah, every run fit. Um, and that and, would and, not be the case now. It's just no, he it wouldn't. wouldn't be quick no, enough, yeah. uh, you know, it, he's a, he's he has spectacular physicality. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to draw that out of him. He's ready to do that every time he takes the field. But I don't, you know, I think more than anything, you don't want to take Drew White out of the starting Mike linebacker spot. I also think it's okay to have a spectacularly impactful special teams player going it, into his junior year to lead your special teams again. No, and it's true. And he he impacts special teams. Yeah. I mean, he's well, he's one of the all-time great special teams players for Notre Dame. As Pete said, he won the award over two guys that deserved it in Jonathan Doerr right. and Jay Bramblett. So think of how good a year the, the, the coaches felt he had. Yeah. You could give Doerr that award, couldn't you? He was yeah. better I mean, than you. <laughs> I, I, get, I get the question, but it's a dilemma, and I think it hurts Drew White if you do that, and I don't think you can afford to, to do that. I get the fans' point of view that they love watching Bo Bauer play and sure. think it would translate. That's, yeah. that's cool, too. Sure. It's, CMU Pence fan, do you think Notre Dame is right in not giving Phil Dracovic the clean break waiver right away and contesting his version of what happened? I uh, I'm all for waivers, so I think Notre Dame should just be like, "Good luck to you at Boston College." I agree. You can play. Two years ago, I'd have said, "What is his point?" And now, when you're giving it to Justin Fields and better, you're giving it to better players just because they're really good players and they make college football better when they start. I think everybody should be able to transfer once. The Big Ten's rule that they're going to vote on is a good idea: one transfer, no waivers, wherever you want to go. I don't know if it includes in conference or not. Um, well, I don't think he has a case, but I don't think anybody has a case. I don't think maybe he'll have a case that they that they have to leave. And go what, you can leave and not play. What would, case what would the case be? I, but I think everybody should just get the waiver now. I think it's I think it's false. Well, that you're we're just, certainly trending in that yeah. direction. You you mentioned Justin Fields. I mean, certainly. And I mean, look how look how many guys are in the portal. It's it's 
it's off the chart outrageous now. But it's it's trending in that direction where, I mean, when's the, is the Big Ten voting on that or what? what? Uh, that wouldn't take effect until 2021. It's got a lot of ground to clear. Yeah. But, like, Big Ten ADs are supportive of it. it makes, Jim Harbaugh is supportive of it. It, hurt, well, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts your image to block it now. Now you just look like there's no reason for me to block this. It, don't you think that that is part of it? Like, you just look like an old guy that doesn't want the kid to have his chance there's to play no, somewhere I mean, else. there's no point Notre Dame would be making here. Other than he, it just feels yeah. vindictive. Like, he's not going to play for you. He was struggling to be your backup. Just let him move on. I think that is the point. That Look, you, you, didn't, you didn't really want him. You didn't want to play him. Yeah. You didn't like a lot about what was going on on the practice field. So, therefore... Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just let him move on. It's a weird it's a it's changed in the last three years. I get your point, Tim, but don't you think now it's just like you just look like you're the bad guy? No, it does it does look that way, but but this it's it is getting out of control now, okay? Because if you can just freely move from one school to another, I mean, rosters are going to be in complete flux. You're going to it, it's going to you're going to have to recruit you need a backup plan of recruiting at all times. I agree to fill roster spots. I feel like they people don't stay just because they have to sit out a year though anymore. They just feel oh, they'll no. sit out that year. You know, like in basketball, they're again, transferring think, at a record rate. Again, I think it's trending in that direction. Yeah. It's it, like, well, yeah, you know, I'm good. I might as well go ahead and go. Why can't he play for Notre Dame this year, Cormac Ryan? Like, there's no good reason the guy that wants to leave Stanford and come to Notre Dame can't play for him. I would vote for that yeah. because I would like <laughs> right. him because yes. I, I think he bring he will bring a lot of savvy to that basketball team. It's just it's interesting reading. Uh, Dennis Dada had some good coverage of this on CBS Sports. He initially reported the the Big Ten like. I guess I was unaware that only five sports have a academic residency requirement where you have to sit out a year. I am unaware of that too. Yeah, yeah. It was it was men's and women's basketball, baseball, and hockey. I believe every other sport you can just pick up and leave and play somewhere else right I away. Did, I did not yeah. know that. And yet those sports continue to function. Like I just I don't think players want like transferring is hard yeah. whether you have to sit out or not i don't think the yeah. default is to be like i'm out of here and what are we like what is being protected of college basketball like if we protected the sanctity of recruiting in college basketball because cormac ryan can't play for notre dame it has nothing to do with it like it doesn't affect stanford it does maybe maybe you could be maybe stanford could block him from going to cal in conference for one year transfer out of conference but it or has something. no you could impact get it. on it has their no impact on you notre you know dame. it's right. So I think now that I think we're trending that way, and three years ago I'd be like, why in the world would he get to play? But now I just see but everybody I guess, getting their way. But my point is that if we have all these players in the portal, this is only going to escalate it even further. Guys are going to pull the trigger sooner. More will, sure, sure. There's no doubt more will. I just don't know if it really limits you. If I wanted to leave, I'd sit out a year too. Yeah. Fanhood. That's that's the name of the. Mm-hmm. Person submitting the question, Fanhood, can you give some player comparisons for? Well, I'll do them one at a time, and I'm not sure that I even really came up with anything of note here, but you guys did, so I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Kevin Austin, who would you compare him to? I guess it could be uh, of somebody other than a former Notre Dame player. Yeah, but. he's uh, I'm all right. All these are poor man's, right? Can we accept that? Since none, well, of, them, none yeah, of them have done anything. Yeah, if yeah. you're going to say what I'm going to say for Kevin Austin, then yeah. Or are you going to def- say Floyd or Floyd? Floyd? Yeah, 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 definitely. I was going to say Floyd. Floyd, too. I mean, um, how many catches did Floyd have going into his junior year? Right. And even a poor, a uh, little bit, because I think he'll be pretty physical. I think he's a little looser, that's a compliment, than Floyd, like Anquan Bolton. Floyd was a, like a, a very strong athlete. I didn't feel he well, was okay. particularly you... like uh, nimble. Does that make for his size? Like he wasn't no, he was sudden. Good. No, he really he had a, yeah he had right, a very right. he had a very uh, stilted fluid. running motion. Fluid's the word I should be using. I think he's more fluid than Floyd. He is more, but fluid he won't be as powerful as, right. as Floyd either. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, I, you know, well, like, how would you compare him to Miles Boykin? More fluid than Boykin. Boykin was longer and, and shorter, and, and, yeah, and shorter, and shorter, yeah. and yet when Boykin went to the combine, he he was blazing fast. He probably covers more ground than Kevin, uh, Kevin Austin, though. From what man, oh man, I I think the fluidity is what Austin is different than, than Floyd and Boykin yes. because what we did here in from the off season, not off season workouts. I'm sorry, in season workouts. If he's on the scout team, is he's really hard to cover because of his routes and how he gets in and out of routes. Well, then that would so. be more Claypool, would it not? I bet he. I think he's more sudden than Claypool and not as imposing as Claypool. 
Yeah, and yeah, it's Heupel's an imposing dude. He's a, that, that's a that's a one strong two hundred twenty nine <laughs> yeah, pounds. That's a lot to wide handle. receiver. Okay, running back Kyron Williams. Someone stocky. <laughs> someone's yeah, just someone's. I don't have a good comparison for this one. Like I want to go back to sort of the Willingham Davy days to find somebody because like you know that. Ex- the fanhood put down Darius Walker. It doesn't remind me of Darius no, Walker I d- at no, all. I oh, put, you put no, I no, I just there's... just the size. I got it's. He's more of a bowling ball. Um, so I'm not sure when the last running back that Notre Dame had that I would be like, oh yeah, he kind of looks like Kyron Williams. So we all said, I'm not sure, I have a good one. Here. We all said nothing at all to do with the skills, but the size. He looks like the size out there. He looks like Maurice Jones Drew. But that's like saying that every 6'6 shooting guard looks like Pat Connaughton. You know, that's not really the way it works. Um, I like Kyron Williams because I'm going to forget Louisville ever happened and just give him a mulligan for his freshman year because he looked good in You both. wish you never saw him at all. I wish I never saw him at all. He looked good in the spring well, and in August. It was very strange. It, 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 that was very strange because coming out of camp, coming out of the summer he and then into camp, <laughs> they, they loved he, he picked things up. He carried himself. The, one of the first things I heard about him was, man, he doesn't carry himself like a freshman. And then he carried himself like and a freshman. And then he made a mistake yeah. against against Louisville and didn't get another shot. So I don't know if that was, you know, if at that point they said, you know what, he's not as mature as we thought, or we just don't need him. We have all these other running backs. Let's just go ahead and, and follow through with that plan. I think he can catch and he's quick in short space. And by quick, I mean more like hard to tackle quick because the bowling ball with knees situation and he can move a little. He does not have whoever, who who said, I know it wasn't either one of you guys, that he has another gear. Because they don't know what gears are. I, I, I have not, I, I have not, I have not seen that. I didn't see it on high school film. I saw quickness. I saw hard to tackle in short space. And I saw good hands. In that way, he is like Darius Walker. He's just not built like him. Darius has a unique, innate running back ability. And as you said, Pete, Darius Walker walked in as a freshman and said, I'm going to put 100, 100 bills, or I'm going to put a bill on Michigan and see what happens. Kyron Williams is afraid of the ball at Louisville. So we can't compare him to Darius Walker. I right just, now. but I, I agree. I don't believe that that's really who Kyron Williams is. But it, it happened. And so. No, uh, yeah, we, we, we are pot, we like Kyron Williams more than what we saw. All right. Who would, who would, uh, who would Bennett Skronik remind you of, and I dare you to break the stereotype? <laughs> I was going to say, bonus points, Pete. <laughs> Some combination of John Goodman and Robbie Paris. Is that, is that kind of what you're going I for? I not. Yeah. No. Um, I don't, I, I'm not sure I have a great one for this either, because like Bennett Skronik is way more productive than Robbie Paris or John Goodman were at Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, you know, he had... What, about 80 catches, I think? Yeah. Or nine, nine, maybe 90 catches is uh, sophomore and junior year combined at Northwestern. So Eight touchdowns, couple really highlight catch, too. Um, yeah. I mean that his numbers are actually the same as Fink's over a two-year period. Chris Fink's. And Chris Fink was a productive player, but, a, re- a yeah. really productive yeah. 2018 player. Yeah. and then I mean, in terms of hands, I, Jay Brunel coming in as a freshman, I think, has excellent strong hands, and I think that that's what Skronik's greatest asset is. Maybe I'm... Maybe based upon that tremendous catch that he had against yeah, Notre Dame. Well, the Iowa but catch. I think that that's Iowa and I yeah, the one against Iowa, the diving grab in the end zone. Too. You know, to break the stereotype, but he's much bigger than those lanky guys we mentioned. Like he's a True. he's a he's a real W. Like yes, Goodman's yeah. best thing was he had some straight line speed. Yeah, Goodman was. Paris a, is not in their class. I mean, that's not even a that was that was a joke. That he was he was joking anyway when he said that. <laughs> but, um, I'm interested in watching him play because. He could force, he could force it to an Austin Lindsay Skronik trio, or as Pete said, yes. maybe they'll just really rotate for the first time. How yep. about how about Joe Wilkins? I mean, we you know we haven't seen a whole lot of Joe Wilkins in practice situations in August. He's like a early millennium Boston College player that kept going by Notre Dame, and you had no idea why. Okay. Why is that guy open? Why why is that why is why does he have seven catches for seventy three yards against Notre Dame? That's what he looks like. <clears throat> and that's what Notre Dame Brian Kelly has said, that he finds ways. Yeah. You, you why, watch him in practice, <laughs> and it's like, wow, that's not very impressive. And then he makes play, gets open, and makes play. We even saw you have a Alex. comparison? <laughs> Somebody that I can't remember. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like the no, I mean, I think he's guy. ultimately his career. I, I have a hard time seeing him getting on the field this year over uh, Austin, Skoranek, Keyes, Lindsey. Perhaps uh, McKinley. Maybe, Perhaps McKinley. Maybe Jordan Johnson. Maybe Jordan Johnson. Maybe Xavier Watts. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that 
there are every every year we see guys that make plays in practice. Like yeah. Isaiah Robertson made plays in practice he last sure August, and we're yeah. like, man, why doesn't this guy play? Yeah. Well, with, just, with great length, there right? are just better guys. Um, so may, that unfortunately maybe yeah. that's the comparison. And there isn't for, always an exact comparison. I mean, I know that no. it's always like, okay, make a comparison. Bobby Brown, well, Bobby Brown a little, but he was a way more productive. Player. I thought of Bobby. I thought of Bobby Brown as um, well. Wilkins, I, this is I think this is, illustrates him a little bit. There was one play in August, late August, and we were in the stadium. He caught an in route and spun away from Elliot, but when he went to run the final twenty-seven yards, it looked like he was stuck in cement. Like the spin move was ultra athletic, where we all went "Whoa!" And then as he ran, it was just he should have scored. Why was he tackled at the ten? One of those. Yeah. Like he has it in him, but I don't. There's something. We've spent a lot of time talking about a guy that has, <laughs> and I mean, two years in a program is. Really hasn't, and a lot of it has to do with he's been banged up. He had to, he had a shoulder, or was it a knee? He's on he all soft tissues too, yeah. and knee. Yeah, that's we spent a lot of time on that because I don't want to talk about this next one. Yeah, uh, you don't want to talk about. No, okay, well, this is uh, it's from. We've been saying Maddie Hebs, but it should be Maddie Hebs fourteen. Cole Komet leaving for the draft leaves the number one tight end spot wide open. Who gets the first crack at it? Who wins the job? And the dynamic of veteran like uh, Brock Wright versus the highly ranked freshman Michael Mayer. My vision for 2020's Notre Dame offense was two tight ends with Komet and Tremble and rotating receivers, and it's lost. Go to head, Pete. I don't like talking about the tight ends right now. <laughs> Tommy Tremble will probably get the first crack, and I think he will win the job, and he will get all of the cracks the rest of the year. And I think Brock Wright will play a lot, and Michael Mayer will play a little. I would... If Chip Long was still the offensive coordinator, I'd say yes, I totally agree with that. But I, you know, and a lot of people are asking us about, well, what is Tommy Reese's offense going to be like? That's a little hard to say right now. Um, but I, but I suspect it's going to be a little bit more ground oriented. So I think there's definitely a role for, for Brock Wright in there. So I mean, I don't know that certainly as a pass receiver, Tommy Tremble, and I don't want to forget about George Takis because. Everybody has a tendency to just skip by guys that are sophomores. Well, um, he gets a new lease on life. There's no doubt that he that he does. Uh, Kevin Ballman's going to be in in the mix there as well. Michael Mayer is a true five star guy with great size and athleticism, uh, but these other guys have been in the program, so you just can't uh, rule them out. Remember, Kyle Rudolph would not have started in o, in oh eight where he caught about twenty eight passes if Yateman was still on the team and available. Oh, that's a good point. It, kind of forget about he that was one. thrown into it. He had he would have been a good number two tight end to have a guy like Yateman there, and they would have had Fourier too. I mean, it, Kyle Rudolph was the ultimate incoming recruit body tight end, and I know Michael Mayer is that only a little bit shorter. It's hard. It's a hard position to star at in your first year, and it would be. I hope Brock Wright can have a good year, and, and Tommy Tremble can continue to develop. I don't know that people realize or even remember Will Yateman, but what a good. What a quality athlete that guy was. He was a lacrosse player. Yeah. He had great size. He ended up getting really banged up and, and couldn't produce, but he was a good football player. Any Davis, too. Who are your prime candidates for the second-year leap? They don't have to be sophomores. He lists Keys, Simon, Mawala, Rutherford, Foskey. Again, those were me. Oh, you did that. Yes, okay. those were my notes. And well, then we got, I, Foskey is a good one. Foskey's number one. <laughs> yeah. Foskey's I don't know about girl, girl. The rest of them stink. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the rest of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly Mawala's in a position to really take a huge step forward somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah, yeah, he'll be a quality player on the team. I think Keyes will have a really good year. Um, I think he's going to get a, a ton of work. Cause I'm, you know, I, maybe Reese will move Lindsay inside of the slot, and that's that's how you get you know, more of the, uh, the Joe Wilkins or the Skoranek and McKinley yeah. out there. I, I'm not really sure what the receiver position has in store, but Foskey, to me... Is the guy who's probably a three when camp starts, who could be a one A when the season starts. So that's by far, I think that he is the second year leap guy for different reasons. Because I totally agree with Foskey, and that's just because he can push his way on the field. Um, Kyron Williams or Sebo Flemister could start at running back by the time the season starts, especially Sebo Flemister. But when we all this time we're talking about Kyron, what he doesn't have. Go back nine months, you never would have said Sebo Flemister ahead of Kyron Williams when you watched August. Right? Nope. That's correct. So Kyron Williams in the next eight months can make that up. But they don't have a starting running back. No, they don't. And I, I meant to grab this. It was a question off Twitter, and I apologize because I don't have the name of the person that submitted it. But 
The question was, who will lead Notre Dame in rushing, Jafar Armstrong or somebody from the rest of the field? I would pick the field. I, that's why I wanted yeah. to say it, because I know you like to pick the field. I just want the field, because I'm not. Yeah, I mean, you might be right on that I'm one. Not, I'm not writing Armstrong off. I think he'll make a lot of plays. I also think he could be the starting slot receiver in a running back slot receiver role. Uh, yeah, it gets back to I don't know how the receiver room is going to look. You know what? I'll say it now so we get it out there. I don't think it's going to have Keys and Lindsey starting at the same time because I don't think they want to get smaller and weaker in their run blocking scheme. Yeah, I think they have good, other bigger guys that can help. No, that's a good point. And Lindsey to the slot is interesting. I think you still need him at X because I think that's his best position. Yeah, and you need him on the field. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you need him on the field. And we have a, a Lindsey question, which I'm going to skip ahead to. From way to go, K-Man, will we see an effort to use Braden Lindsay in a similar fashion to how the 49ers use Debo Samuels? Uh, Debo Samuels, uh, rocked up dude. He's more T.O. Yeah. than, yeah. That's yeah. Lindsay's got, he has to add a lot of armor That's to like that. 25 pounds yeah. of uh, muscle away from that kind of role. Which he, he deserved to win at the Super Bowl. Look, Debo doesn't Samuels. mean that uh, yeah. Notre Dame can't find some creative ways to use Braden Lindsay, which they sort of did last year, um, but... You know, Debo Samuel is a running back who also plays wide receiver. He could take the pounding yeah, uh, right. all day. Um, but Lindsey, creatively, I think they will continue to use Lindsey creatively. Yeah, and I, if Lindsey can make as many strides physically this coming year as he did last year, now you really, you right. really, really have, you have something anyway because you, you can take the top off. But um, Yeah, yeah, you have something yeah, anyway. That, but you, you something or something that. special. But, but in order for his role... To expand again, week after week after week, he's got to add another layer of armor uh, to that body, which he did last year, and it would be a big, big step for this. A big time for him right now. Yes, because he is a he could be a he could be a ten touchdown guy. Are you saying that's do or die? <laughs> Not do or die, but uh, it is a tease. He, uh, it is for Notre Dame's offense, maybe. Yes. He's a ten touchdown guy. They they really need. He's a total. He would make everybody better. Because you have to account for him if you can take those steps. That's exactly right. We have a question from Nita Turnover, which I like. I like that name. <laughs> Better running back prospect, Chris Tyree or Will Shipley? Can we just find out on the roster <laughs> yeah, in 2022? Yeah, let's, let's let them fight it out. <laughs> that would be nice, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know that it'll be that easy. No, no, it definitely won't. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other on this, um, you know, because you're looking at Shipley now in a way that you you have to remember how you looked at Tyree a year ago right. before he had sort of the hamstring, ankle. I uh, can't remember which injury it was. I think it was ankle. No, ankle. ankle. Um, that basically submarined his senior year. Uh, before that happened, I'm not sure that you would have automatically said one or the other. Um, now I think people would lean towards Shipley because he, has, he hasn't been injured. Uh, but Tyree's injury is not... You know, it's not a chronic issue. He just had a high ankle sprain that would screw you up if you're a running back. I think that's like my theory. We always it's like the back the guy you haven't seen make mistakes yet. Everybody thinks he's better. Yeah. So I'm gonna stick with Tyree. It's like you preferred not to have seen Kyron Williams play. I wish. Yeah. Bit. I just <laughs> think he should have redshirted completely, yeah. and then I think he'd be the starter this year. Yeah. I did a film review a couple of weeks ago on Will Shipley and Kevin Sinclair from Irish Illustrated agreed with the way I depicted it. I don't like they list Shipley as all-purpose back. Tyree's an all-purpose back. Shipley is more of a pure running back. I, I get it. Her, I get yeah. it because he can do other things and he has great speed. And I get the listing for APB, but I think he's more he's a more seasoned tailback, running back. Does you remind me more of uh, Cam McDaniel or Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> the latter. <Okay. laughs> so, uh, Definitely the latter. I'm going to guess somewhere but in between. A but poor, man, a poor man's poor man. Let's McCaffrey. just guess it's going to be somewhere in between, and we'll it, be really safe with it that will, projection. It will likely be somewhere in between. It's a good question, but I, 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 I brought that up because I think... Tyree's all-purpose. Right, player. right. And Shipley can play that role, but I think he's more of a pure running back. So we'll see. It's a good question. Not Jay Tafel one predicting which round Notre Dame players headed to the NFL will be drafted. These are, and these are my notes. All right. Those are my notes. Yeah. <laughs> finally, finally, <laughs> we realized Sorry, the editor's got, notes in here. I, <laughs> I was having printing problems this morning, and I didn't think it was going to print, so I was putting notes on it, and that's more than you need to know. All right, Claypool, Pete. <clears throat> Third. That's what Tim, I'm going to read Tim's and we'll respond. Claypool. Well, no, th- those are those are that's just a guideline, so don't read that. <laughs> so these aren't really your notes. Don't, no, they are, but that's just a guideline. I don't want you, I don't want to be misportrayed here. I would have, I would agree. I agree. Claypool third, pride, 
Um, I'm not going past third. In, uh, he's a third or fourth. Ju- okay, third Julian Love was chosen where? Fourth. He was in the fourth round. Yeah, Sheldon Day was in the fourth round. Now, I'm saying third or fourth. I'm not going up. No, I yeah, get yeah, no, yeah, I get round. it. Yeah. But Julian Love was in the fourth round, and we're, yeah, we're getting yeah, second yeah. and third round projections for Troy Pride. There's other concerns. Uh, yeah, you mean from the bowl yeah. game? Yeah. Um, uh, okay, or from the playoff? Game. I mean, the, 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 Justin that, Tuck went in the third round. <laughs> Justin Tuck made the commercial yesterday. He did. You see that? He had a good part in it too. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he <laughs> did. Uh, That's a segue for, for you. me. It's still. I mean, and we'll go through this, but I mean, I still think it's early to make. Final projections on this thing because, like yeah, for example, we had Kareem. Kareem was invited to the East West Shrine, and now he didn't turn him down. He didn't respond, which I thought was, was rude. You know, <laughs> no, I mean, well, and yeah. not a real good move. No, I agree. Uh, I think Komet will be the first one picked, like you have here. Do you th- you think first round? The first one? No, just the first Notre <laughs> Dame player that, picked. I don't pay enough attention until the combine to tell you who's. That's, I mean, commit the, the first combine. round probably is going to be similar to Tillery in the first round, like if, if the very end of the first and round. Yeah, so I agree. Someone needs them, they really need it. And which is where tight ends usually, if yeah. they're picking the first round, they go like, later. And Eifert, I said going into the draft, he is a first round draft pick at tight end. Where Komet, I'm like, yeah, he could probably be a first round draft pick at tight end. I, I think, I think Komet's meeting. going to look, he's going to test really, really well. Yep. He's going to look, he's going to look good to scouts when they're up close watching him at his. Pro day. I just thought Eifert was a rugged pro already by the time he came out. He had college production. Yeah, he had college production. And he True. was a great blocker, and he won the Mackey Award. All adds up. Uh, Kareem, I like. Kareem or Aquara. That's such an interesting. You know, Aquara going to the NFL would be a huge addition to anyone on the third down pass rushing role. That guy. Uh, put him on a good. Put him on the 49ers. Please. No, but think about that. What He comes in. Kareem's, and an, goes, every down, Kareem's right. an every down player, though. So he should go ahead of Aquara, but Aquara having a, coming in and making plays, people forget how good Julian Aquara was. I don't know what happened last year. I don't know why he wasn't great. I thought he'd be the best player on the team. He ended up just being good. Well, I don't think he. I he don't was, think he took the right approach to his agreed, last season. But that won't happen in the pros, I don't think. I think Aquara in the second, Kareem in the third. Yeah, because the, again, a premium on pass rushers. Not that Kareem can't pass yeah. rush, but he's a more all-around um, right. strong also, side. The problem team. with the 49ers, like if you put him on the 49ers, he still wouldn't get on the field. Well, he's got a big, you know, D four can come out every once in a while for him. Just to, <laughs> that's, I met a team that has yeah. a good line that maybe you need right. to bring somebody in for. How about Jalen Elliott? Mm, I'd say fifth is probably is that would be the high end right there. Yeah. Fifth, yeah, to I think fifth, sixth round pick. I think Elliot, Bilal, Gilman, Jameer Jones are all fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. And Jameer Jones would be like a seventh round pick because of lack of production, but he could be the best one. Yeah, he could be. Gilman's the interesting one. I just, you know, it only again, it only takes one team. Bilal did not get invited to the All Star games. Will he be invited to the Combine? That that information still has not come out as far as combine he invites. Could, right, I think well. the invites have gone, been going out, but I don't, it's not like the official They list. haven't been announced. I guess yet. it's like Bilal, Gilman, Jameer Jones, Fink, Tony Jones. I feel like there's a decent chance they'll all be undrafted free agents. That's, you're right. That's, there's just as good of a chance that happening yeah. as there is sixth or seventh round. I mean, how many times we sit at the end of the draft and be like, how come that Notre Dame yeah. player who was really yeah. productive in college didn't get picked? Ian Williams, for example. To- Tavon Coney. Josh Adams, although that was all medical. Right. But Bilal's going to again. He's going to test well. He's going to he's going to look good, and he'll test well, so that will help him. Fink will be in a he'll, he'll get in a camp. Yeah, he'll get in a camp. But Tony Jones will will be in a camp. Uh, Jameer Jones is the interesting one. He might just be in so, a camp, but he's going to make it out of that camp. Yeah, I think he I think he very well could. Uh, that might be a situation where he's better off being a free agent than, right. than right. being drafted in the sixth or seventh round. Lost 65-82. You have written about the issues surrounding Notre Dame's participation in the Orange Bowl. Will ND have a path to the Fiesta or Peach Bowls next year since they are not playoff bowls? Well, those bids are different. Those are those are open. They're not it's it's not tied to a specific conference, right? Pete, I mean that, those are both of those are uh, fair game for Notre Dame provided that they're you know, ten and two again. There ten and five, two. Yeah. They would. Yeah. There are five power conferences, and there two of them go to the Rose, two of them go to Sugar, and the other one goes to the Orange. That leaves everything else to sort of be yeah. up in the air. Yeah. Whereas the I mean, Orange, it's not that simple, the but. Orange is tied to, th- to to three conferences, which is 
really unusual and problematic for Notre Dame as we as we found out. So that's open. Need to be at least ten and two, eleven and one. Either gets you to one of those bowls or in the playoffs. Otherwise, you're stuck in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. Man, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you secretly just made a Southwest flight in yeah. case that happens, right? There's a refundable. <laughs> that's right. That's the way you go. Nick DeVos, I've enjoyed the men's basketball team's play over the last couple of weeks with improvement that's being shown. Just curious on how you think the season might play out in the roster for next year, coupled with any recruits they might add. I think that they just beat Wake Forest and Georgia Tech, and I think that we should put that in perspective because those two teams stink. Yeah, I agree, though. They are, the 2020 team is way more fun to watch than the 2019 team, and I include November and December of 2019 because they stunk, too, and they have improved quite a bit since conference play restarted, um, or ever since the break, because Boston College-Notre Dame was one of the worst basketball games, conference basketball games I've been paid to cover in my life. And you were there, and you agree, and they were both terrible and deserved to both lose. <laughs> and Notre Dame can make a run here. I don't. I, we shouldn't talk yet about making a run, but let's say they beat Pitt, which they should at home. They never beat teams at home until, <laughs> until the recent, last, this, last week. Games, yes. But let's say they beat Pitt, because they're their peer. Notre Dame is very competent right now. So if you're five and six and you split your next four, because that's the best you can hope for with three road games in North Carolina, you're seven and eight. Then you have all teams that are beatable except for FSU, but you can upset a team at home when you're good. They need to beat someone, FSU or Duke, to offset losing at home to Boston College. That is the only way you reset and make your make you a viable ten and ten ACC team. You have to beat one of those teams. You get BC at home. And you never, and they never led. They never in that led game. in the game. That was, you know, and, we were and, lamenting every player in BC's roster how he could be on Notre Dame. It was in that was, <laughs> I, I believe the date of that was December seventh. So that was it was it was a long BC time. BC played ago. on December seventh too, though. I, I understand. <laughs> I'm like, saying, yeah. I'm saying Notre Dame has evolved yes. since then. Yeah, they were a bad team. They had an opportunity to win Florida State. They lost. They had an opportunity to win at home against Syracuse. They lost. They had a huge opportunity to beat Louisville at home, and they lost. And they had a chance to beat NC State on the road, and they lost. I mean, they should be at worst. They should be five and five, and maybe six and four right now. But anybody can, yeah, anybody yeah. can say that. It's a watered down ACC. It's a bad league. So I mean, this year, so uh, there are inroads to be made there. But after Pittsburgh this week, which you, as you said, they should win. They got to go to Clemson. They got to go to Virginia. They've got to go to Duke. Virginia's not very good. But it's at Virginia, and they're good. At but home it's at Virginia, and they're going to play stifling defense. And they right, they won't win there. They probably won't win at Clemson, but Clemson's an, an average team. They're good at home and bad on the road. But you honestly, Virginia is the guaranteed loss for me because they will take it totally They're, seriously. No. Duke might not take look at Notre Dame at all going to that game because Duke is a bunch of freshmen it's that could lose a game. They won't. But Notre Dame-Virginia you know I mean. will be an ugly game. A yeah. lot of, a lot of North Virginia games are ugly anyway, but you, they're going to have great difficulties. That's on the ACC network, hopefully, right? You, you could be watching Notre Dame-Duke and when they're down four with two minutes left and say, man, they had the chance and they lose by ten. Or, you know, it's one of yeah. those games where they're just not going to show the same way. Um, I don't know. Can they, can they beat FSU at home? Number five FSU at home in March. That's... It certainly seem like they could play yeah, with them. They've got. I don't have the schedule here in front of me, but they have Miami They're, coming. Miami's terrible. The rest of the teams stink. They go back. They go to Wake I, and they go to BC. <laughs> and they have Virginia Tech at home, which is probably is just as good. They've lost. They lost everybody. If you guys, people listening, remember Virginia Tech last year uh, when Buzz Williams left, it was mass right. exodus of players right. too. Along and Virginia them. Tech started out well this year, but they've come back down to earth. There are they, uh, this is the ACC. I mean, I I, I enjoy. I don't. I don't watch a ton of college basketball outside of the ACC, but I do enjoy watching the Big East. And it would kind of be interesting if Notre Dame was still in that conference. And this, I'm not suggesting because they need to stay in the ACC. This ACC league is they're all it, it's a, they're everybody's. It's, it is not a good year. No. It is not a good year, man. There's a lot of bad basketball. I mean, Jim Laranega, you always could expect him to put a good team out there. Miami stinks. <laughs> no, <laughs> we keep saying stinks because it's true. There's a right. lot of stinks. And Notre Dame fits so right in there Notre really Dame's well. Final conference record is what? 9 11? They're four. They're two under now. right now, so that I'll, would be 500 the I think the they the fight way. to 9 11 because I saw something in Notre Dame in that Florida State game that they, I know they lost, but they like didn't blink. They just were like, we are never going away today, yeah. and I think that can carry him. I agree, and Leshevsky showed a little bit of life against Wake Forest. He came back down to earth again a little bit because he can't put two good games together, but there's still something there now. 
I know I've written this. I'm going to write it again. 9 and 11 with a home loss to BC. You should be 10 and 10, and you'd be in it. You would be getting in with an ACC tournament. I don't know about that because I don't. You have not, to have some ACC teams under, in your tournament. I understand, <laughs> but the, but it's probably not going to go deeper than five in, from the ACC, and it could be four depending upon how it all shakes out. I feel like out. they'd never pull that trigger on the ACC, you know? Yeah, maybe. Five teams. Maybe, but I don't. I don't think ten and ten. I, again, it depends upon everybody else's yes, record. Yes, but yes. just face value, I don't think a Notre Dame ten and ten team they don't deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. But I'm, you just took yourself out of it with the Boston. You can't lose that game, man, dude. Give it up. It was <laughs> December seventh. How do you possibly? That was two that? months ago. Can we talk more about Notre Dame Michigan football? Yeah, let's see. O'Malley, we're gonna. And so for, for the football fans that hung on for this, there's no more. That's it. We're out of questions. <laughs> yeah, make up a question. So if you listen to all this and then give a damn about it, we apologize for that. We're going to be back next Monday, December 10th. We are going to skip December 17th. February. December? What? I wrote down said <laughs> We are back. Wow, that's a long way off. We, we definitely will not skip December 17th because it's going to be an no, important podcast. And we're not, for the yes, and we're not going to have a, a nine-month layoff between <laughs> February 10th, next Monday, we'll have a podcast. We will not have one on February 17th. I'll be on the beach next Monday. You two will enjoy your Wonderful. Podcast. And then, yes. we'll, then, uh, then February 24th, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. And at that point, do we know a date? I heard somebody throw out March 5th for the start of spring practice. I'm I not sure that that's possible. Is that true? That. Um, let me open my calendar, and I will tell you. I believe it was March 5th, though. Um, Good radio. Spring practice number one, March 5th. All right. Because uh, then they're they, Thursday, March 5th, first spring practice. Then they're on break. Oh, they, yeah. They did that last year, too. Then they come back. The second spring practice is March 17th. It's actually a great idea for the for Brian Kelly and his staff and not a, as much fun for um, people who like to read about Notre Dame football. But it's a really good idea to get your team together and then they have that going into their get the time off, out. get everything going. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Not great for us or Irish Illustrator to the athletic, no, it's, but it's, it's really it's, good for it, it. It stretches out yeah. over. Then the spring game is the 18th of April. April. Oh, it's a long spring. So yeah. a six a six week. But hey, it keeps the talk alive, and that's what we're all about. And uh, we will be there to to talk about. It. We appreciate you joining us today. We'll be back in February, February 10th, Monday. Thanks for joining us.